Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another awesome episode of Mothers of Misfits. And I say awesome because it is going to be. Sean and I have already had a blast because we've been talking for like 35 minutes and we were supposed to record way before this, but he is such an amazing guy. I can't wait to introduce all of you to him. And man, I just love what he's doing and his passion for his work and youth just oozes out of him. And you're going to see all of that. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about who he is. So Sean Banks is a youth performance development professional, and he's the publisher of the You Can Have It All magazine for kids. It's super cool. I got to see it on the screen. He's the father of two boys who are seven and four years old. So he's living the parenting life. Sean, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Emily. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, me too. Can't you yeah. tell? See, we're going to have fun. Yeah. We have a ball. We're going to have a ball. But I actually want to start on a more serious note because in preparation for this conversation, I asked you what your primary message is in our conversation today. And you responded back with, there is hope for misfits. And that goes straight to my heart. Um, this is personal for you. The concept of being a misfit is deeply personal and I think has actually inspired everything that you're doing now. So Absolutely. can you tell us your personal story? Absolutely. So I grew up in, well, from Seattle, Washington originally. And growing up was, you know, I grew up during the eighties where, you know, there was a lot of things going on in the inner city. Um, the impacts of, you know, crack in the inner city, the impacts of poverty and working through that. And I grew up in a single family home. My mother raised my sister and I, and my mother was determined to make sure that we had, you know, a great life. And so she worked very hard to make sure that that was possible. And part of the challenge for me growing up when I was young was the absence of my dad. And mm -hmm. that was one of the things that really would upset me. I was hurt more than anything that my dad wasn't there. And there's all these things going on in the world. You know, you're scared to walk home from school because there's gangs over here. And then there's, you know, drug addicts over here. And it's like, wow, this would be different if my, just my dad was here. And that was the inner pain I was dealing with. And so when I went to school, then I was very, very smart as a kid, very much so into building things and using my mind. My brain was always firing about how to create mm -hmm. something. I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to sit still. I wanted to be active. I wanted to be going and doing. And, you know, in traditional school, that's not always shined upon, right? They want you to sit mm -hmm. still and kind of be more rigid. And so between the frustrations I had of not having dad at home, dealing with all these issues in life, and then having to sit still and not be able to get rid of that energy, I would get in trouble. And so I would get into fights at school. I would get called into the office all the time uh, because I was just angry and then not able to really use that energy. And so that was the foundation for my misfit life when I was young, coupled with certain situations in our family where I had an aunt that was a uh, victim of domestic violence. Uh, when I was really young, uh, she was abused really bad by her husband and that affected our family. And then as I got older, I had another aunt that was murdered 
uh, she and my cousin were murdered in a domestic violence situation. And that one happened when I was about 17 and it, it planted a seed in my heart to do something about it. So that's what started this whole vision of starting working with youth. Wow. And I have to tell you, so many of the families that come to me for help, it was prompted because their kiddo was having the same experience as you did in school. They had these great talents for thinking on their feet and brainstorming and talking before they raise their hand and building and inventing. And that was perceived as uh, unwelcomed, d- uh, disruptive, disordered. We see kiddos who have that strength actually be disproportionately diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. And the trauma, uh, I think that's a fair thing to say. The trauma and the impact that has on a kid, their self-esteem and self-efficacy, which you and I talk a lot about so we can get into that too, is just enormous because when you're told that that thing that comes so naturally is unwelcomed and wrong yep. and maybe even a medical diagnosis, I see so many kids deeply internalize that. And what are you supposed to do? So, so many of them disengage from school and then they become the troublemakers and, you know, well, pff, why would I try? Cause I'm not going to succeed either way. And it sounds like you went through a little bit of that, but your mom was an amazing advocate for you. And she helped you keep your head in the game and know there's still so much that you have to offer. Absolutely. Uh, mom had a very powerful role in, in my story and And my dad did too. It was just in a different way. Uh, My mom, what she did, she saw my, my mind and my ability to think and process. She saw that um, I have what's called what we like to call genius level talent that we feel every child has in them. It's just different based on what their passion is, what they're interested in. And so for me, it was creating and wanting to do things. So the constant things my mom would do for me, she got me into martial arts when I was really, really, really young because that gave me the energy to be able to go and do things. Plus it gave me discipline. It gave me structure, right? It gave me that sense of confidence that a lot of times uh, kids don't have. And then I started getting, I mean, I played drums, I played piano. I, I mean, I can play guitar, all these instruments because she could see that, okay, He's really active and he likes to learn. He learns very fast and his brain is learning over here and shooting over there and doing all this. Yeah. And so what she did is started keeping up with that by getting me involved in activities. Uh, what my dad did for me is he made sure that I was a proficient reader, making sure that mm-hmm. I could read and knew how to read and understand words and, and, and to be able to process them and understand my, what was going on in, in current events. And, you know, it was all these things that kind of started coming because they realized that they had a child that needed to be challenged. And so when you have kids that need to be challenged, the only, what you do is you give them challenges, positive challenges, right? When I mean by challenges, positive mm-hmm. challenges. And so that's what my parents did, particularly my mom. And one of the greatest things my mother could have done for me was instilling me to have a big dream. So mm-hmm. my mom used to clean houses for a lot of very, very wealthy people in Seattle. And we, we would go to these houses, Emily, and there would be swimming pools in the basement and there would be all these cool things and you get a chance to meet the people that own the houses and they were some of the nicest and coolest people you'd ever meet mm. and they would say to me they'd say hey uh you know hey sean see you here man you like that pool I said, man yeah i really like that and 
hey, you know, you can have one of those two one day, right? Or, hey, Sean, you like the way this looks? You like this house? Yeah, I really love it. It's beautiful. It's on the lake. Hey, you can do it too. And by being around people that had a sense of not just financial, physical success, but just the idea, the success mentality, mm-hmm. being able to be around that at a young age changed my life. Oh, man, I love that. And you got exposed to a lot of different cultures and communities yep. and ways of life. And that exposure for our kids is so important. Your mom's a rock star, man. I want to oh, be yeah. her. I think she sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, mom's and, a rock star. <laughs> yeah. And something else I'm thinking about relating back to the advice that I give to families is talking about the fact that we have and our kids have this energy. It's there. So our role is to help them learn positive outlets and positive ways to get out the energy. Because if it's not a positive outlet, it's going to be negative, right? Right. So your mom probably thought, I'm going to put Sean in martial arts so he can whack a punching bag or get all of that amazing energy for doing those things out in that positive outlet. So, you know, it doesn't come out at the wrong time in school. And when we can recognize that strength, but then give it those um, outlets is so important. And I would say too, if you're that parent to that kiddo who is more that misfit in school, we have to work that much harder to give them those outlets outside of school. Right. And, and that's where that home time, the weekend time can be so restorative for them and will actually improve their experience in school because they feel like they've had that outlet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we see that in a lot of kids now is that when their parents are getting them involved in activities, the children tend to do better in school because mm-hmm. the thing is, is that, you know, school is designed for education, right? So reading, writing, social studies, math, science, but that's just one part of building up a child. You still mm-hmm. need the personal development side. You need the sports, you need chess, you need um, any type, you know, Lego robotics, all these other activities that stimulate their brain, because that's where children really find what they're in love with doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, who likes to sit and just read a math book all day and do math problems? Very few people, except for the ones that want to do math or be a mathematician. Children find their passion by doing the extracurricular activities. That's where they say, oh, man, I want to I want to be a guitar player because I went and took a guitar class. But if the kid never takes a guitar class, they never find what they're interested in. So then they're mm-hmm. not interested in anything and then they become unmotivated. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about this concept of self-efficacy, because I know that's really important for you. Yes. Uh, and how about you weave in how your programs and the things that you're doing for kids is working to increase self-efficacy? And before we get to that, talk about the difference between self-esteem, which is what we tend to use more, I think, in common conversation, right. and self-efficacy, because they are different. And then help us understand how you're, how you're improving self-efficacy in youth. They're, they're very different. So we know self-esteem is just self-belief, right? Just mm-hmm. believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. I am worthy. I have value as a person. I have meaning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right? I have meaning, right? Just basic belief in yourself, mm-hmm. but self-efficacy is, it takes it a little, a little bit further in the belief that you can do something, the belief that yes. you can get it done. You can do the thing, whatever that is, you can become what it is that you want to become. Uh, self-efficacy has more to do with 
action steps, right? Those beliefs of actually making something happen and that exactly. a child, that I can make something happen as opposed to just, so to, to make it in layman's terms, self-esteem is I am and self-efficacy mm-hmm. would be I can do. Right. If we exactly. Put it in terms. Exactly. Yeah. And they actually correspond with different parts of the mind. So if you want to get really geeky here. Let's do it. So the self-esteem is in the affective part of the brain um, and much more about values and emotions and beliefs. And then self-efficacy is in this might be a new uh, vocab word for some, but the conative part of the brain. That's my area of expertise. But in conation and and you're so right. It's about can I impact something? Can I contribute? Are my actions doing something here? And we really want kiddos to have high levels of both. That's what we're working towards. Right. Yeah. So, right. so how are you impacting the scale on that? So the way that we're impacting scale is we have created, you know, you have the I Am Defense Institute that develops uh, a child's self-confidence and their self-efficacy. Uh, one example of what we do is just uh, wood breaking, right? When a child has to get their first belt test and they have to break a piece of wood, that is a really big self-efficacy exercise because a child has to believe that they have the ability through practice, through effort, right? Which builds their self-esteem, right? Of who they are. But then to actually break that piece of wood builds their self-efficacy because I can do this. And then by doing it, then all of a sudden you see this increase, right? In self-efficacy because it turns from I can do it to I did it. And then once mm-hmm. that happens, then now they're on to the next step. Uh, we have Camp Warrior King, which is all about exposure to extracurricular act- activities that kids normally wouldn't experience during the school year. And what that does is by giving them exposure to different activities, it starts with, hmm, that's interesting. It turns into, I want to do that, right? And then it's like, I'm doing that. And then I did that, which is doing the self-efficacy piece and the self-esteem piece at the same time. Then we created, you can have it all youth conferences, which is all about building self-esteem, all about kids believing in themselves and who they are. And then that turned into the Team Hot Sauce Success Stacks and the magazine, which is just all about bringing those both, both sides together and getting those kids to believe in themselves even more. Tell the story about that young man who came to your program and the family shared with you that They've been other places and he was always isolated mm-hmm. and you did a different approach with him and Absolutely. with really neat outcomes. So tell us about that. Absolutely. So we had a young man that had been diagnosed with, with autism and the parents had sent him to a different summer camp before. And the challenges that they were experiencing is that the camp had isolated the child, put him in a room by himself, wouldn't let him hang out with other kids. Uh, pretty much treated him like his difference was a negative thing. And it frustrated the parents, broke the young man's heart, of course, because the child, even though he may not be able to, he was nonverbal, so he couldn't really express how he was feeling, but he could feel it, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we did is we said, hey, look, you know, bring him here. He had been referred to us because we had other children in our program that were on the spectrum. And what we did is we just created an environment of love for him. We put him in the classrooms with the kids. The kids were able to socialize with them, have a good time with them. He played games. And we taught the kids in our program that, and I liked the way you said it earlier, that 
he is uniquely right. He has this uniqueness about him. Right. And so to embrace his uniqueness, embrace the fact that he is an individual and he's who he is. And that's what we did. And so the kids started, you know, high fiving them. They would hang out with them. They'd hug on them. And and that young man had a great time at our camp because we wanted to make sure that we were building his self-esteem. Right. And building and creating that tradition of love uh, that he needs that we all need to be able to feel good about ourselves. I love that. And I'm sure you could tell hundreds, if not thousands of success stories just like that. And, you know, it makes me think of, I had shared this with you before we hit the record button, but to me, the solution to feeling like a misfit and not that not feeling like a good thing, right? His first experience, the solution is not to treat everyone the same, right. like a fit in. The solution is actually to treat everyone like the beautiful, wonderful misfit that they are, right? because this whole fit in is, is a total fallacy. We're all wonderfully different and right. to embrace that and give each of us that freedom and space to be different in our own way and respect that about the others. That story is a lot to do with that young man, of course, but it also has so much to do with his peers right. and how they grew in that experience and right. how they were able to connect with someone who was so very different and they they weren't even able to communicate with in a way that they were used to. But, you know, in that high five, that moment was huge. I just, ah, you're doing such cool stuff. Okay, so you are so, so generously offering a giveaway and everyone listening, stay tuned because if you are not already following us on Instagram, Facebook, and or LinkedIn, make sure to do that because- We are going to share with you how you can get in on this giveaway because it's going to be awesome. Sean has been sharing with me all the cool things that they offer. But this one thing, as soon as he held that up, I was like, yes, 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 yes. We have to make this available. So it's called the Success Stacks. Tell us what those are and how you use them. And then again, if you're listening, make sure you're paying attention to our social media pages because you could get this as a free gift. Success stacks are words and phrases that are used to increase a child's self-efficacy and their self-esteem, to get them believing that they are something in somebody and to believe that they can do something, that they can make an impact. And so we have over 65 different words and phrases on these cards, right? So it's it's kind of like a deck of cards in a way. Right, right. So you think about like a deck of cards, like a deck of flashcards, right? And so there's words and phrases on these cards that you use with your child, you play games with them. So you take them, you might take a word like achieve and that child will learn that word. They'll get the definition. They'll get examples of how to use that word all on the card. And then their job is to go to school, go throughout their day and to use that card, use that word in their language, their everyday vernacular throughout their day. And they come back home and you talk to them about how they use that word, uh, what things happen when they use that word, how to make their friends feel, how did they feel when they use that word? What did the teachers say when they use that word? And then they get prizes for that. And so it becomes a game to make a child want to learn different words and phrases that are going to build them up. And what you'll see over time is that your child will gain more confidence. They'll use that word. You'll be sitting at the table having dinner and you'll hear them use that word. They'll go to grandma and grandpa's house and they'll they'll use one of these words. And it's all about building their self-esteem and it is working all over the place and uh, making a big difference just on the card. 
I think that's so amazing. And I can envision when my family at the breakfast table, pick a card for the day and the fun yeah. of that. And then at the dinner table, hey, what do you, how, what'd you do with your card today? You know, report back. That's and right. the other thing is in, in this podcast, we talk so much about the power of labels to right. be damaging or uplifting and empowering. Right. And this is such a great example of adding these powerful, uplifting, empowering words to our kids' repertoire. Right. So it's it's spurring an action of being brave. You know, what, that's one of your words, I think. So they can that's think right. of, okay, what does it look like to be brave? And it might right. be to go to the table with somebody who's sitting alone. That's right. Or it might be to raise your hand in class. So there's an action associated with it. But what I love is we can also affirm them then with the positive labels of, wow, you are so brave. That's right. And That's right. That, that, that might sound small to us, but is so very mighty for our kids to hear. And how Absolutely. many cards are in the stack again? There's at least 65. There's 65 words in your stack. Mm -hmm. Just imagine if our kids walk around with 65 positive attributes, 65 positive words to describe who they are and That's what they're right. capable of. So powerful. I'd give you an example of a couple words that, that people would like. Words like empower, enthusiasm, words like initiative, inspire, words like leader, words like optimistic, persistence, plan, resourceful, right? Tenacity, different words that you want your child to be able to use that, that my four-year-old is learning these words. Right. So my four-year-old can say, you know, hey, I'm a champion. Right. And he can, and, you know, yeah, I did it. I'm brave. Right. And those are self-affirmations that their mind mm -hmm. is hearing. So mm -hmm. when they come up against a challenge throughout the day, which we all do, then somebody might say a negative thing. Well, man, you're a scaredy cat. No, I'm brave. And they may not say it out loud to the person, but they're going to say it to themselves, which is the most important thing. And so they start to say and use these words over and over again. You could put these cards on your refrigerator. You could put them, you give them the word, they could put it, use them as bookmarks in their book, right? So let's say you have a, a situation where your child is uh, being afraid of something, where they keep quitting on something, or they, they need, they're afraid that they don't have what it takes. Then we have a word like faith, right? Let's say they have, uh, they're having a hard time in school, though you can use a word like focus, right? And that's mm -hmm. put in their book, right? What, what is focus? Hey, I can focus. One of the sentences in the card is, I will focus in school. I will focus on becoming as successful as I can be. But you can create any sentence that you want with these words. It's mm -hmm. all about, you know, what your child needs and using the words and phrases to help them out. And I love that the words are not prescriptive in that right. you might interpret brave differently than I interpret brave. And right. the actions you take for a plan might look different from the actions that I take for plan. And that's really important from my perspective and area of expertise is giving people the same picture of a result, but complete freedom in how they get there. And that's yes. how we teach our kiddos to flex those great muscles and strengths and capabilities. Right. Oh, this is awesome. Well, Remember, you can get that for free uh, with our giveaway. But if people are interested in purchasing that or other things, because you've got lots of uh, products that people can check out, yes. where can they go to find that? The fastest way to find me is to go on Instagram. So that's mm -hmm. SF Dreams Big is the best way to find me to get any information. Um, or they can go to YCHIAMag.com. 
Perfect. Well, we will make sure to include all of that in our episode insiders newsletter as well. So everyone listening, I know you hear this from me every time, but just another reminder that if you haven't signed up to receive those, be sure to, because if you're like me, you didn't capture all of that when notes as Sean was saying, it's It's hard to write that fast. And so we'll, we'll do it all for you. Don't worry about it. If you said, what was that again? What's the handle? We've got it for you. We got your back. Just sign up. Um, We really, we only send out emails um, most of the time, uh, just that once a week when you know a new episode is dropped and we send you more insights and resources and information. So it's just really something great and not something you want to miss out on. So do that in the next 30 seconds. It takes no time at all. Just go to mothersofmisfits.com. Sean, you rock. Thanks Thank for you so all much. you are doing. You are making big waves. And I am so glad that your mom told you, don't change a thing. You just keep on being you. That's right. Uh, because the world is better for it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.